Hello everyone, welcome to another week. Uh, I'm running solo today, so you're stuck with me. Um, but we're going to talk about something cool that is very commonly talked about nowadays. You see it everywhere, organizations, sporting clubs, it's all over the news, probably your social media as well, is mindfulness. So uh, I wanted to clear a couple of things up today just about Maybe some of the things that are talked about outside in the space uh, that might not make sense to people or um, things that you know you can't quite wrap your head around, some of the concepts, because there's a lot of buzzwords and various different things that people go on about that don't actually make any sense. They're not really based on anything. They're just things people made up. So from thousands and thousands of years of, of mindfulness being a practice, um, hopefully it can clear some of that stuff up for you today uh, and also essentially help you to understand how mindfulness can be useful in sport and in a sporting context. So yeah, let's jump right in. So the first thing I wanted to clear up today is what actually is mindfulness? How do we define it? So in sport specifically, all we're referring to when we talk about mindfulness is just paying attention. That's all it is. That is, that is the most simple way that I can word it. Paying attention to whatever's going on in the present moment, okay? Now, if we're talking about some of the outcomes of participating in a mindful sort of meditation, things like that, we need to clear a couple of things up because people can commonly associate mindful practice with relaxation. Now, mindfulness practice isn't a relaxation practice in the strict sense. It is awareness and paying attention to what it, whatever is going on at that at that present moment, and sometimes relaxation can be uh, an outcome of of participating in something like mindful practice. There are a couple of assumptions that I think we need to clear up. So number one is that it's it's not strictly a relaxation practice. Yes, you might feel relaxed after after doing it, but essentially all you're doing is paying attention to to various different body sensations and all sorts of stuff, depending on the practice you're doing. I'll get to that soon. Mindfulness is not something that we would do in with clients who have um, any any current symptoms of of different mental health issues for one, and especially not in uh, clients who have experienced trauma. This is really important because a lot of the stuff that's out there nowadays is essentially saying practice your mindfulness, practice your gratitude, do all these things, and you'll be you'll feel better, you'll be better, things like this. We need to be very careful with this. If you are if you are someone who has experienced trauma in your past, you may find mindfulness practice very uncomfortable. And that's okay. It's not for you. It's not for everyone. And I think that needs to be that needs to be spoken of a little bit more because we tend to blanket everybody with just do mindfulness and you know things will be great. It's very good for everyone. Not necessarily the case. So uh, in certain situations, depression, depressive symptoms, uh, if you're a very anxious person or like I said with that with the trauma background, engaging in mindfulness practice can actually heighten your awareness of any symptoms that you might be feeling and have the opposite effect of what we're after. So uh, be, be warned, you know, at the forefront, that, that is something that can happen. Now, if you're someone that has tried it and has had an adverse response, then that's okay. That, that happens. I, for one, am 
engage, I engage in different mindful practices, which like I said, I'll get to in a second, uh, that don't necessarily just, uh, they're not restricted to breath awareness and sitting still and things like this. So that's not the only way to do it either, which I'll get to soon. Now, Western society, we love to borrow very old concepts and traditions from Eastern philosophy and package them up in our own way and then re-deliver it. So some of the things that we talk about regarding mindfulness and things like that are just basically wrong. Now, I'm not, I'm not crapping on mindfulness, by the way. It's actually really effective practice, but you know, I'll get to that soon. So what is the opposite of mindfulness? Well, we're talking about something called mindlessness, all right? So some people I've heard, they use the term autopilot and things like that. Yeah, it's kind of that. But essentially, if you think about everything that goes on every second of your day, running through your head, noise, sound, think of all your senses, right? Imagine you had to pay attention to everything all the time. How many thoughts have you had run through your head since this started? How many different things have you done since this started? Maybe you picked your phone up and started scrolling Instagram or whatever. There's sounds outside. Maybe wherever you are, there's distractions. All of that stuff, imagine that all the time, constantly having to be aware of that. Your brain would explode. So mindlessness is actually good. This is, this is how we get through our day. Right? Now, if we're talking about it in a sporting context though, there are times to be mindful and times to be mindless. For example, if I'm a 100-meter runner, that race is 10 seconds or less, ideally. If I'm not paying attention during that 10 seconds, any half second that I miss or a second, that can be quite detrimental to my performance. However, if I'm playing cricket and I'm out there all day or I'm playing a round of golf and I've got four hours under my belt to get around, that is a very long time to try to be mindful. So the whole reason that we practice it is so that we can sort of switch it on and off. We want to become aware of various different things. That is the key word for this. This is the takeaway from today, awareness. Because once you become aware, you employ little tricks and strategies and all sorts of stuff to become more mindful, more aware of the present moment and what is going on, which tunes you in. We ask the question, why is it good for sport? Well, in order to perform well, most people will say, I want to be in the zone. I want to find the zone. And you know, it's all about the zone. That's great. But it's really hard to do. And some people, you can't force that. Some people think they can sort of influence getting in there, but um, you know, it's, it's a bloody hard thing to, to find. Most people sort of stumble upon it and then are really appreciative afterwards. Now, mindfulness practice, what it does is if you're being present and you're aware of what you're doing, and you're aware of, let's just say your breath, right? You do, you do one or two centering breaths to realize, oh shit, I'm on a footy field right now. What do I need to do? The next step from there is process, task, focused goals. What am I doing? What do I actually need to do right now? To try not to be too confusing and go too deep on this today, I'm going to keep it fairly surface level, but essentially this can go anywhere, right? So if I'm paying attention right now, I would think I'm recording, talking about mindfulness what am i talking about what's coming next rah, 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 right if i'm if i'm we use the term overthinking a lot it's everywhere if i'm overthinking what i'm doing the whole system kind of clogs up it's almost like a traffic jam of thoughts right now 
obviously when you're under pressure and there's a lot of stress and things are fast-paced and all that, having a traffic jam of thoughts is not good. So we need to free up some of that traffic. So how do we do that? Well, we essentially don't try and force it, number one. So this is where the acceptance part comes in, which you would have heard everywhere as well. Acceptance, non-judgment, that's essentially what we're talking about here, okay? So nothing is good or bad, even helpful or unhelpful. I tend to use those terms sometimes, but if we're talking about mindfulness and acceptance space, we're purely just talking about the non-judgmental awareness. So whatever's going through the head, whatever you're feeling, we don't, we don't attach labels to it. It's just a thing. It's just there, okay? This is very important for sport because normally if, if I'm, let's say I've got performance anxiety and I'm in a high-pressure situation, I've now got automatic thoughts that are going to race through my head about what if this doesn't go well? What if I don't perform? What's coach going to say? What are the fans going to say? Rah, 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 right? There's lots and lots of things that can flow on from that. If I was to say to that player, that competitor, that athlete, I need you to pay attention to what is going on. And we pick a spot, right? So we'll say, what's going on in your chest and shoulders at that, at that moment in time? Pay attention to it. It's not easy. This is why we practice it. Because you can't just tell someone, hey, do this thing. And they go, yeah, cool, no worries. Let me do it. Some people can on the spot, but it's, it's bloody hard to do. Now, if I'm feeling very anxious, the way that my brain works in that space is my impulsive brain, the emotional brain or impulsive brain, depending on what you want to call it, lives, lives deep inside the brain, right? This is it's just, it's reactive. Things happen, bang, fires up. If I'm very, very anxious because I'm about to run out to a crowd of 100,000 people and I go, I need to pay attention to what's going on, I might become even more aware that my heart rate is through the roof. And it becomes very uncomfortable. So then say, well, what do I need to do? And depending on the person is where we go from there. Okay. Now, this very simple model of the brain, emotional, smart, over the top. If we get to the point where our stress levels go get so high and the anxiety is so high, the whole traffic jam situation occurs, right? It's called we, we blow our top, essentially. Now, obviously, this is not good. If we're going to have a situation where an athlete is not, their awareness is not as sharp as it could be about what's going on for them in a high pressure situation, then jumping into something like paying attention to your breath or any bodily sensations and things like that, in my experience, hasn't been all that helpful because it highlights the thing that they're afraid of already. So this is where we practice this the more, the more practice that comes into this, the easier it is to sit with the negative feelings and sensations. Mindfulness is not something that you employ and suddenly feel great. It doesn't work that way. If you're paying attention to stuff, and this is where the non-judgmental thing comes in, if you're paying attention to stuff, bodily sensations, thoughts running through your head, and you try to do that in a non-judgmental way, it doesn't make it less uncomfortable. It's still very uncomfortable at times. And this is where the non-judgment is challenged a lot because normally as a human being, we have a thought and there's a feeling attached to it. And then we avoid or approach whatever that thing is. So if it's a negative feeling, we'll try to avoid, right? Or depending on your makeup, some people might not. But essentially we have a thought, there's a feeling attached and then we act in a certain way. Most of the time with a negative feeling, 
we go, that's yucky. I don't want to deal with that. So we avoid and we think about whatever else we can. All right. And then we try to control the uncontrollables. So without going too much down into the weeds about all this stuff, there's a couple of different things that I wanted to to make clear. So number one, mindfulness is non-judgmental awareness of the present moment. Okay. Mindlessness is what we do most of the time as human beings. And that is okay. That is good. Our brains would explode if we had to think about every little thing every second of the day. It's not a bad thing. It's context. It's when are you timing your mindfulness? When are you timing your mindlessness? Okay. The other thing on this is mindfulness is not strictly what we would imagine in the Buddhist sense where we're sitting with our legs crossed in a quiet room, maybe some candles are lit, and we're running through a lengthy breathing exercise. It doesn't have to be that. Paying attention to things we can do with literally anything. So I'm going to run you through some examples of my favorite ones now. Number one, mindful eating. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I love food. Always have, always will. There's something something different about sitting down and whatever that thing is. Strawberries work really well if you've got strawberries. If you don't like strawberries, use something else. Fruit's pretty good, but you can do it with any food, right? What I want you to do is take a tiny bite, right? Let's just say it's a strawberry. Just bite a third of it off, okay? And actually pay attention to what it tastes like, what it feels like, any sensations. You don't have to do it for very long, but I just want you to practice paying attention to doing something like eating because most of us will we'll, we'll be busy at work, we're flat chat, lunch will come around and we sit down, we'll get our food heated up to lava temperature, it's as hot as, the phone comes out, we're scrolling through socials and we're just wolfing down this meal and then we wonder why we feel crap afterwards. Try this, next time you go to sit down for lunch, no phone, put it down, put it face down, put it away, whatever. When you take the first bite of your lunch, right? First bite, fork, knife, spoon, whatever, put it down and just chew. Pay attention. What does it taste like? Any sensations? Temperature, right? This is an easy, easy practice for everybody that they can introduce every day. It doesn't have to be lunch. You can make it dinner, breakfast, whatever. Snacks. You do it with liquid, food, any anything like that that's going to be that you're going to do every day, that you know you're doing every day, these are little things that you can implement. So there's another one about brushing your teeth. Like actually pay attention when you brush your teeth. We're not scrolling through phones. We're not having trying to have conversations with the brush in our mouth. Actually pay attention to what you're doing. What does the toothpaste taste like? Is the water cold, right? All these types of things we can run through and it doesn't take very long. You do it every day, hopefully. Now, a couple of other ones that I find are really, really useful just just to sort of start practicing this stuff. Um, so mindful walking is is really good if there's no distractions around. And my tip for this is if you're going to go for a walk and you don't have to you know, go outside or anything like that, nothing crazy. But when you're walking, see if you can pay attention to the soles of your feet as you walk. So all, all we're doing here is going for a stroll, try to do it with limited distractions, all right? So don't go out with music in your ears or you know, lots of lots of traffic and noise around. Try to do it somewhere quiet. You can practice in your in your home if you if you need to. But just take some steps 
and think about the soles of your feet as you're walking. That's all I want you to do. This is helping to practice where's my attention? Where's it going? Because mindfulness is one of those things that it fades in and out. So I said before, we want to get better at being able to turn it on. But the thing is, once we turn it on and we're aware, it's like, okay, cool. I'm going to be mindful now. I'm going to focus on on my breathing for the next 30 seconds. During that 30 seconds, it's highly likely that my thoughts are going to wander and I'll become mindless. But that's where the awareness comes in because I become mindless and then I think, oh, I've lost it. Let's bring it back again. Okay? And we do that. Now, when we do that, again, the key is non-judgment. I don't go through this process and I lose I lose my mindful focus and then berate myself for it. I'm like, oh, I'm shit at this. Nah, there's none of that, okay? It's gone. That's that's literally normal. This is what happens with people. You will lose your focus. That's okay. Bring it back. What are you doing? If we're doing the soles of the feet activity, we're walking along. Maybe my mind, my mind starts wandering and, and starts thinking about, you know, a visit to the supermarket later on the Sava, we're going to pick up dinner. And then I catch myself and I think, whoop, that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. The soles of the feet, back we go. And we just practice that, okay? That's how it works. And we're not berating ourselves when it doesn't go according to plan. So one of the, one of the things that I wanted to talk about too is, especially in sport, it came out of the systematic review that I mentioned. Uh, it's probably last episode. There was a systematic review done on effect sizes which I'll re-explain in a second, effect sizes of psychological interventions in sport. And it was done over the last 40 years, nearly. Mindfulness was the top of the list by a long way. Now, again, so the effect sizes that we were talking about here, so you imagine, you don't need all the specifics, but just imagine that an effect size of 1.0 is really, really good, right? It goes 0.2, 0.8 okay as small medium and large so basically anything above 0.8 is essentially suggesting that this is a really good practice to get involved in psychological intervention we we'll use the language okay mindfulness had an effect size of 1.3 which essentially means that it is extremely beneficial for performance okay so as a psychological intervention it is very very good at improving performance i'll be honest Early on, I was always a skeptic of mindfulness. Hated it. Hated the kind of the talk and the hype around it. It just it just felt a little bit kind of ugh. Never really been a fan of that stuff. Then you run through the psychology pathway, and this is where there's a slight separation between you know some of the people out there that purport to have all the answers for various different things and the psychology space. We have it drilled into us. The scientific evidence needs to be robust, it needs to be valid, it needs to be reliable. That essentially means that we're not just going to make up something and prescribe it to you. We don't do that, okay? It is based on evidence. Now, the evidence suggests that mindfulness is actually a very effective practice in sport. So this is good news, especially for the people out there that sell mindfulness. This is good because it is actually effective. Like I said earlier though, if you are someone who is currently experiencing some mental ill health or you have a background in trauma things like that be very very careful before you engage in any of that stuff okay it is not for everyone and that is okay there are many many other things many other psychological interventions that we can employ to improve your performance as an athlete okay this is not the be all and end all all right there's plenty of others 
which we'll probably get to in different podcasts. So just to recap on the paying attention thing, we have something like mindful eating, great practice, okay? Pay attention to your food. What does it taste like? Temperature, any sensations? Really good thing to do. You do it every day. Mindful walking, soles of the feet. What are we feeling? What do the soles of the feet feel like as we walk along? Just pay attention to it. That's all. If you lose focus, that is okay. That is normal. People lose focus. Non-judgmental is key. We go, right, lost it. That's okay. Bring it back. All right. Just to finish up this, this feels like a bit of a lecture actually, just me talking by myself, this lecture, um, I want to talk about things to improve focus and paying attention because focus and attention are a massive part of sport, especially if you've, if you've got other technical aspects of the sport, like you know there are balls involved or you know, you're using equipment and things like that. Your focus needs to be spot on. All right? A couple of different things. Nature is your best friend. So we do this exercise all the time in class. I'll have everyone look out the window at a tree, ideally a nice green tree. Pick a branch, pick a smaller branch, pick an even smaller branch if you need to, and then just pick a series of leaves. I'm looking at one right now, just a handful of leaves. And try not to think about anything other than what you're looking at there. Just pay attention to the tree. Pay attention to the leaves. What color are they? Is it windy outside? What am I looking at? What people tend to find is that their focus only lasts maybe two or three seconds before their mind starts to wander somewhere else. That's okay. Like I said, that is normal. People do that, especially nowadays with our lack of attention spans thanks to you know things like socials and whatever. So don't be so hard on yourself if you can't nail it. It takes practice. To go way back to the start, awareness is key. You need to be aware, first and foremost, that you are not paying attention to what you should be paying attention to. If I'm out there on the footy field, my mind's wandered, I've maybe got a split second before I can snap myself back in and think, oh shit, I've just missed a big opportunity here. I needed to tag him and he's gone. Now that's going to happen. That happens. It's normal. We don't berate ourselves afterwards. Okay, that's the lesson. We learn from it. We reflect. What did I need to do? I probably needed to pay more attention to the fact that he looked like he was about to run. Okay, cool. Makes sense. Reflect, learn, move on. Now, the nature thing can be an extremely useful tool to employ at any point in time. Okay, we all spend time outside. Luckily in Melbourne, we have a lot of trees and nice parks around and things like that, lakes. If you're going to be outside, just practice it. You don't even have to be outside. Look out your window. Pick a tree, a bush, shrub, grass, bird, whatever. Anything to do with nature. Just pay attention to it for as long as you can. Notice that your mind will wander. That's okay. Bring it back. Bring it back. Practice it again. All right. Disclaimer. If you have any any sort of uncomfortable sensations or feelings as you do this, I'd recommend that you stop. If you are super keen on practicing this on an ongoing basis and you want to learn more, definitely get in touch with a psychologist about it, ideally one who is trained in the space. Because you need to know that when you do this with somebody else, someone can sort of monitor you and and keep an eye on things as you practice with that. It's going to be a lot safer for you to do that in a space with a psychologist than anybody else, okay? Or if you're on your own. So, fair warning. 
that's pretty much that on on focus and attention mindfulness i feel like i've pretty much covered everything that i need to today hopefully it debunked some of the myths so again just to recap and finish this off what is mindfulness mindfulness is non-judgmental awareness paying attention to the present moment what is mindlessness mindlessness is what we do most of the time as human beings it is okay it is normal do not be hard on yourself if you are not paying attention notice that you probably should be paying attention and try to change that okay quick ways to get yourself grounded to be able to pay attention number one take a breath think about what it feels like to breathe use your nose what does it feel like feel the air going in and out of your nose nice and easy okay the other thing is where your eyes are pointed is what you'll be able to focus on so if you notice that you're not paying attention to something shift your eyes most of the time it's because you you know phone's buzzing in your pocket or yeah maybe you are staring out the window wishing you were somewhere else i don't know whatever the thing is refocus the eyes point them somewhere else focus on something else it can be anything pick a point focus on it pay attention to it mindful eating is good enjoy it let me know how you go because that's my favorite mindful walking soles of the feet nature trees clouds birds whatever whatever you whatever floats your boat practice paying attention non-judgmental let it happen when your mind wanders which it will that's okay do not be hard on yourself just bring it back all good we go again good i think i've covered what i needed to today i could have gone down about six different rabbit holes but i'll save those for another episode thank you all for tuning in and hopefully fingers crossed city's back next week and we can get back to normal programming thanks everyone peace out